You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, 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 yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practice to Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron, where you can count on one thing, just keep showing up. And I'm going to bring the best speakers, the best coaches, best thinkers in all of this great industry to share some information to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today we do exactly that. This one goes deep. This is a really heavy one that you got to get your brain around. But we bring in Heather Crockett, one of our amazing coaches, and we talk about why trust requires rules in your practice. This is so important. And when you do it, you're going to see the power in it. So make sure you check out this episode. I know you'll enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast, where we're committed to one thing, helping you create a better practice and a better life. And uh, today we're gonna go deep into a conversation that's a tough one. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't know the answers. I've been on this journey and maybe we'll share some findings. We're going to talk about the whole trust thing. When you're building a healthy culture, you've got to have trust. And I'm not talking about the trust that a lot of people are thinking about. We're thinking about the vulnerability-based trust. Now, I thought I knew what that meant. I kind of think I know what it means now. And every day is a learning process. And I've got Heather Crockett, who's one of our amazing coaches on. Heather, thanks for being on. Appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Kirk. I'm excited to be here. I always love watching you do what you do with clients. And uh, you and I talk quite a bit throughout the week. You're uh, a great leader here. You have a lot of responsibilities so uh, during our calls, we always talk about like the, the task at hand, but then also client issues and things that are coming up. And you brought this up this week. Uh, can you tell, let's just talk about the genesis of this issue, because this is a big deal for a lot of our practices. And if you're listening, you know, this is a huge issue in your family and it's a huge issue at work. What is it? What's the issue, Heather? Well, the issue is trusting one another on a deeper level than just predictive trust. It what is, is predictive trust? Go back to it. <laughs> so predictive trust, right? When we delineate between predictive trust and a different kind of trust that's vulnerability-based trust, our predictive trust is, I know that my husband's going to take the trash out because he's so great at doing that every Friday morning before the trash guy comes. I know that uh, 
Chris is going to show up to my meeting on time because that's just who she is. She's going to show up on time every single time. Those are predictive based trust type of behaviors. What we are going to dive into today, you and I, Kirk, we're going to talk about that vulnerability based trust and what that looks like. Okay. So let's define that before we dive into this pool, because it's a pool (laughs) deeper than you think. So what is vulnerability based trust? So vulnerability-based trust is the ability to open up and be honest with one another on a team to say, hey, I made a mistake. I did something wrong. I need your help. I'm stuck. I'm still learning, right? So it's, it's by saying, it's taking the ego out of it and using our out loud voices, bringing our ideas and our thoughts and opinions to the table and, and putting it out there and saying it out loud, being honest with one another in a timely fashion. Yeah. So I'm going to just go there and I'm going to tell you as a listener, like this is, this is, I'm just going to be honest. I don't proclaim to be an expert on this, but this is a journey that we've embarked on as a business owner, as a father, this is like the most, one of the most important things is that you can just be crazy honest in a timely fashion and you can just say what's on your mind and you can be vulnerable with that information and the people that you share that with you can trust them with that now another piece to this i'm a huge fan of patrick lencioni's work Mm -hmm. like huge fan i think it's amazing when i first read all of what he has to provide i thought to myself this is some of the best work ever now in full transparency which is where i'm going to go it is very right-brained. It is very conceptual. It's very subjective. Now you could argue with me, but it's very like, these are, you know, uh, ideals and things like that. And while I loved what he was saying, it, it, it didn't have the left brain piece of it. So my journey was, I started on Lencioni's work. I loved it. But you couldn't, my experience was I couldn't get crazy honest with people because we still couldn't get anything done and there weren't any rules. When I accompanied two bodies of work, I'll just simplify for everybody listening. I brought in a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. A lot of people say it's a very dry book. It's very sophomoric. It's very boring. Yes, it is. It is a left-brained book on how to run any business. It is step-by-step doesn't have a lot of stories, has no pictures. You will be bored to death if you're looking for illustrations. But I will also say it's one of the most brilliant books ever written because every sentence matters. Every word matters. There's nothing in that book, not even one sentence I would fundamentally disagree with or debate. Now, the journey with vulnerability-based trust, I know this is a long journey, but I'm going to share with you, is I learned that you had to have rules before you could start getting to the trust. So I'll summarize the title of this whole thing is like, you know, vulnerability-based trust requires rules in your family, in your business. And one of the rules is you got to have rules around behaviors. And that is core values. Like core values, you all have to have a set of rules. I was at the ADA SmileCon. And Brene Brown spoke, and it's one of the best lectures I've ever heard. I was moved. I was riveted. And she said to a room of thousands of people, y'all got to have a set of rules. How many of you have a set of rules called values? And I was shocked 
by the number of hands that went up. There were so few hands, it was frightening. And she said, you got to have some rules, some behaviors. And what I didn't do as a leader is I didn't have set rules and, and behaviors. Now, there's a great video that'll help you. And I promise you, you will, you'll feel moved when you watch this. Simon Sinek, and we'll put a link in. The, Simon Sinek did a short little speech on why values, should values be written? It's fantastic. And he says, values are verbs. You should never have trust or something like that as a value. No, because values have to be actionable. So for me, the journey was like, we've got six core values here. They are all verbs. They are behaviors. They are non-negotiable behaviors that we all hold ourselves to. Then we implemented the traction system, which is a way to communicate their steps. It was very much left brain. It was a structure. When you, I was telling you, Heather, before I got started, like, I now trust the system, which allows me to be vulnerable, which allows us to go deeper. Now I, I cascade information lightning fast. That's really bad. I love it. Here's bad information. Here it comes. And I'm like, whoa, that was pretty well received because it helps the process. Now you're coaching other offices on this. If I'm a dentist listening, what does this even mean to me? Like how important is this concept? And would you agree we need rules before we can go there? Yeah, we absolutely do. Well, we can't, you know, it goes back to our favorite equation of E minus R equals C. So I I can't trust you and know that you are going to behave a certain way, especially around the verbs of the core values until we have those core values set in place. Yeah. Right. It's, especially as we put together our, our strategy and our process as, as laid out in traction as well. So as, as the leader of the business, you, you need to have those things set in place before you can start embarking on the pathway of that vulnerability-based trust. Yeah. We, need to, we, need to, we need to agree, like you said, Kirk, we need to have these rules in place. We need to agree that this is how we're going to behave in our meetings. This is what we're going to do in our meetings. And these are the behaviors that we're going to embody uh, on a weekly, daily, hourly basis, our core values. This is really you know, what, what is expected. And once we put those and lay that foundation, then we can start moving into the vulnerability-based trust concept. Yeah, absolutely. Let me even simplify this for anyone's list because you said a magic word, behave. You know, behavior is really important. And again, go back to the rules thing. Like if anyone's ever been dating, like dating was, I had a horrible, horrible career dating, like probably one of the worst of anybody. And I'm watching my kids date, you know, other, uh, that's a whole disaster <laughs> in itself. Fun. But like my dating, like when I dated people, I was constantly like frustrated, really struggling. And trust is a huge component of dating anyone. If you don't trust somebody that you're in a relationship with, there is a value proposition. There are behaviors that are not meeting up to what you would expect. There's no rules around behaviors. I married up. I married the most incredible woman ever. And I would hope that if you asked her, which don't, because I don't want to cause any problems. Like <laughs> one of the reasons that she probably kept dating me was that we stuck to a set of rules. And so as these rules, you know, these behaviors, these outcomes that we all agree on, you start to trust, you start to be more vulnerable, you start to share. So um, I certainly couldn't do a podcast on dating because that would be like the worst podcast of all time. But if you guys, go there. we won't even go there. But like, if you've ever been in a personal relationship where you trust somebody and you trust them at the lowest levels, you know, there's rules around how we behave. There's rules around how we communicate. 
I also can trust you with this information when I give it to you that you're not cascading it out there to everyone that I didn't want to hear that information. So again, that's a rule. So how this applies to your dental practice is this. I would say this. If you're listening and you follow Lencioni's work and you know how important trust is in a business, my encouragement is start with rules. And if you can't establish rules, that's why you hire a coach. That's why you hire a great coach like Heather who comes in and says, listen, we're going to clean this whole place up. We're going to establish a set of rules. They're called behaviors, called core values. Then we're going to establish meeting rhythms. Then we're going to establish systems. Then we're going to establish a leadership team. Then we're going to establish, you know, uh, one-on-one check-ins that happen with team members. Then we're going to establish systems for new patient processes. Now you've got all this structure in place that's very predictable and it allows you in a small space to be able to say, hey, I screwed up, you know, um, and I'll also share this. We've been doing this for a while. It takes some time. But once you start establishing the rules, you start living by the rules, you start attracting other people that like the behaviors, like core values. They go, this is awesome. This is why I work here. And then you start, you know, really leaning into your meeting rhythms. This is the first week in the history of Act Dental that we've had three tens in meetings. We do a meeting rating afterwards. And everyone is asked to say, hey, on a scale from one to 10, how would you rate this meeting? The goal is to have more than an 8.0. And early in my career, I'd hear a two, 2.5. That was a three. What a waste of time, all that kind of stuff. But as you lean into how to run a meeting, you keep it tight. Everyone's accountable. Like accountability happens with accounting. You know, accountability is not saying, hey, I I, I trust you. There I go using that word. No, we agreed that this is going to happen in seven days and it happens the way you agreed it and it shows up in the meeting. Yep, got all this done, got all this done. Um, it's magical that you can start to share those things. The meeting becomes faster, it becomes more fulfilling and you can start to lean into the trust. So um, what are some of the other roadblocks you see, Heather, of people going down this direction of having vulnerability-based trust? Uh, one of the major, major roadblocks, you know, so we've, we've talked about this in a lot of our podcasts before that uh, we use the disc assessment. So people, people take their quick disc assessment and they figure out if they're a D I S or C and, and our S's, and there's a lot of S's in dentistry because S's are, are, are steadiness. They're nurturing. They're naturally humble. And they, they just want, they're genuine and authentic and they're, they're very caring. Very, very caring to the point that oftentimes they have something to say and they choose not to say it because they want to spare the other person or other people their feelings. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to create or cause any conflict. They, they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, which is admirable to a degree. The problem is oftentimes when we don't share out loud some of our thoughts, feelings, and opinions, notice I said some, <laughs> some of our thoughts, feelings, and opinions, because sometimes we can overshare. The, the problem is, especially as we are, are, we are talking as a team and we don't share those ideas and thoughts, we are actually doing the team more harm than we, than we are if we just quiet, right? So if we stay quiet, we're doing the team more harm than if we shared that idea and that thought in the first place. Okay. Give us an example, because this is really good. I, you know, anything come to mind when it comes to not sharing? I'm trying to think of an example. I'm guilty of this. I'm so guilty of well, this. Well, I'll share I do one this is a lot like in our not, not calling out the truth. You know, oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Yes. Like, okay, listen, I understand where we're going, but we have never hit one goal ever. 
You know, that's one saying, okay. Um, also too, not having the right people in the right seats. That's, yeah. a, that's probably the toughest one of all time is like, okay, we're going to do this. Well, the person who's going to do this really isn't the person that should be doing this. And so through the help, if you can't make these decisions, you know, they're holding you back and they're holding sure. you back in a big way. And if yes. you can't, that's why you need help for somebody else to call it back. Like that, that's yeah. why now I'm, I'm very biased about coaching. I think coaching is the greatest thing ever because as a coach, like this is all we do. Number one, number two, I don't work in your practice. And actually number three, I, I don't mean this in the wrong way, but I prefer not to really get to know your team members all that much in my position. Now, Heather, it's different for yours because you're a lead coach, but like when I'm talking to a dentist for the first time, I'll eventually get to know the team members. But before we get started, I want to know like how you see them because I like people too much. I can meet somebody and go, oh, I really like her, but I don't know the 20 year history of that. <laughs> and so, um, you know, one of the things is not calling out the truth. And when you can step into rules, you have behaviors, you got right people in the right seats, you can start to go to the second layer of the pyramid, which is conflict. You know, because trust, it starts, Lencioni's whole thing of like starting with trust and then getting to conflict. You can't get to conflict unless you have trust. Again, I think there's a missing layer. I mean, I would argue with Patrick, I want to get him on the podcast and go, listen, you're missing a whole layer. It's called, it's called structure. It's called rules. We got to have rules. And that would be the base. Like, let's start with core values, how we communicate, right? People, right seats. Now we can start to lean into the trust. And now you can experience conflict at the highest level. And it's very productive conflict. You can call things out and then the other person can go, you're right. Uh, that's a huge problem. Let's fix that now. Instead of them going, what are you talking about? Like I work so hard, uh -huh. you know, it's fun to watch that uh, when we lean yeah. into that. But I, you know, um, and I think of an example, Kirk. So, so you're absolutely right. And as we work our way up the, the pyramid and we have that accountability piece, right? That peer to peer accountability gets much easier when we trust each other. Yeah. When it comes when it comes from a place of I, you know, I'm not saying anything because I need Kirk to share a login with me and I'm <laughs> like Kirk's gonna say he can't get that done for me, or I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to hurt his feelings. Like, I can't believe you haven't done that for me. I've asked you to do it, you know, a couple of times for weeks, whatever it is. Uh, coming from a place of understanding that we we're doing this for the betterment of the entire team. Right. And it's not, there's no personal attacks attached to it. And I, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of these team members to get over. Yeah. And absolutely. And I'll call out Chris because it was fun. I had a conversation with her last week and she's like, listen, I don't have an ego about this. Where are we going with this? Like, just tell me what you want. Now, she, she does care a lot. She does have an ego because she loves and she's proud of what she's doing. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, it's exactly, well, it's a great illustration of what you're talking about. Like, I just want to get there. Tell me where there is and let's start working together to do that. Now, I, this whole podcast is not about going through every layer of Lencioni's pyramid, which you should do. Ultimately, what Heather's talking about is when you have all of these things, you got the rules in place, you start to really embrace trust. You get the conflict. The, at the top of the pyramid, there's your favorite. It's called results. And I'll speak, I'll speak to that in firsthand. Everybody wants the results, but nobody wants to do the hard work that gains the results. And I'll tell you, we've experienced this on a small scale and big scale. And it, I have learned that when I lean into core values, getting right people in the right seats, 
predictive trust, you know, predictive and vulnerability based trust and conflict and all those things you're talking about. You work your way up the, you look up every month and you go, that is crazy. That's crazy. I never dreamed we'd ever do that. And it becomes what Pete Dawson always said, you know, the, the results or whatever you're seeking, the outcome becomes the byproduct. You know, it's like, wow, the rewards, whatever you want to deem the rewards as financial, whatever the outcomes, it's pretty fun. And so we're not by any means have we mastered this, but I have learned the more that I lean into what Lenzioni talking about and Gino Wickman's talking about, and I live by those rules and I don't always, but like the more I live by them, the better things get, the clearer things get, the more we share, the more like, Sometimes it's too much information. I'm like, I didn't need to know that. And you can trust each other in the circle. So, um, yeah, so cool, cool, cool. And, you know, I'll point to this. Like, you might be thinking, gosh, we've been listening to this podcast for 18 minutes. This is pretty heavy. It is. It's hugely heavy. And I'll tell you, it's like one of the magic ingredients because this is the outcome you're probably looking for. There's three selves. I've mentioned, I'm going to totally butcher, but it's the self you want to be, you know, who others think you are and who you really are. And there's, there's the lowest amount of stress or energy when all of those three get as close as possible. I always dreamed of a day where I just go to work and be myself and just, and you do too. You would love nothing more than just go to work and go, look, I am who I am. And you know what? I've created an organization where we trust that. We've, we learn how to talk about DISC. We've learned how, who, who everybody is. Mm-hmm. We've become self-aware. We have, we have glued ourselves around these values, which are called core values. They're non-negotiable. And now we've weeded out everybody that doesn't want to play by the core values. What's funny is we get referrals that are other team members that want to be a part of this practice because they like the value system, you know, and you look around at one point and you start to really like who you are more than you previously did. You know, you're like, wow, work is pretty fun. Like work, work doesn't have to be a four letter word. It can be a fun word, you know? And so putting these things into place, um, but sometimes we just got to get started. And I don't know where I'm going with that, Heather, but uh, you know, you keep us on the rails because I love this stuff. I can talk for hours and hours and hours. So I do. So so where would we start, right? The the leader, we we always say, as goes the leader, so goes the team. So the leader has to go first. Okay. Yeah. And and you can bring it and be transparent. You know, what once you introduce this concept to your team. You as the leader need to go first and lead by example to say, okay, guys, like, um, spoiler alert, I'm about to be vulnerable. I screwed this up. I made a mistake and, or I need your help and that's okay. Right. And Patrick Lencioni talks a lot about, um, how like there's a saying of don't let them see you sweat. Why, why would we do that? Why would we not want our team to see us sweat? It's really okay for them to see that we're struggling with something. Okay. And he does point out in some of his videos and, and we all laugh and think it's hilarious, but he's like, the best leaders are the ones that are like raising up their arm and saying, check this out. And they're sweating like mad and like crazy. That's the vulnerability piece. Okay. I, I will have some fun with this one because like, <laughs> I'll disagree with you in a, in a fun way. Like never let them see you sweat. I get the intention, but like, I'll tell you, like if I have a surgeon who's going to be doing a surgery on me and they're sweating, like I need the next person, get this person <laughs> out of here. 
I get it from a, a leadership standpoint where it's somebody you believe in and they don't know what's going to happen next. And for the most part, you know that they always land on their feet and they trust you. That's okay. But I'm not going to follow a leader who's always sweating and always crying and being vulnerable with me when we don't get anywhere. I'm just going to call that out. Like, I understand where we're talking about and I, I appreciate it, but I've been in situations where I've watched leaders cry in a room and I'm like, okay, you're, are you just going to cry and just leave us there? I appreciate that you're being vulnerable, but this happens every month. You know what I mean? And we don't do anything about it. So we got to do something. You got to get going. And, um, I, I love what you're saying in the, in a couple other things just to consider if you're still listening this far is like all change, <laughs> all change processes start with the first step, which is telling the truth. It starts with saying telling the truth, which can include being vulnerable. Any great train change process, whether it be changing a business, weight loss, you know, AA has been proven to be one of the best change processes in the world. You have to start by saying, I am an alcoholic. And okay. step number two, I don't, I can't, I can't verbalize all the steps, but a second piece is you got to say, I cannot do this. And so even when it comes to changing a business, I, I was there, I, I've tried everything to change a business and I realized it's too dumb. It's dumb. I need help. And we are going to enlist the help of a change expert and we're going to follow the process. And when you can do that, the coach can push you, you know, the coach can push you, the you know, the experienced climber can take you up the mountain in a way that you've never experienced the mountain, new heights, you know, and in that process, you need to be vulnerable. So I love this journey that you're going on, but I would, I would summarize it by saying what I said at the beginning, you got to have rules. There's got to be really good rules in your house and in your business around behavior and actions and communication. And then as you embrace the rules, you can get to vulnerability-based trust. Do you agree? I agree a hundred percent. Yes. And to your point, like we, we can as leaders have a mixture, right. Of that humility and the confidence. Mm -hmm. That's what really makes a, a, an amazing leader. Not only do they have that humility, but they also come in with a confident front as well. And they're developing other leaders in that same way. So let them, let them see you sweat in the way that you are in fact, telling the truth and being honest. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I love working with you and all the conversations we have. You said, again, like you always prompt me with magic words, like one of the secrets when you do all this work is you can now start developing other leaders. If your practice is going to grow, you know, this, you have to slow down the amount of clinical dentistry you do, and you need to start developing leaders. If you're taking on the responsibility of all the clinical dentistry, you're going to hit ceiling after ceiling after ceiling after ceiling. Ceilings get broke when you go, no, I shouldn't be the one carrying all this. I am now going to develop leaders that develop other leaders. And when you develop leaders, they can go way farther than you for the benefit of everyone. And you're not so stressed. You can show up to meetings and go, what's going on, guys? How you know? Hey, I just wanted to be here to give my support, not to run the meeting. It takes the pressure off of your back when you say, I don't have to be super dynamic and know everything. Gosh, there's a ceiling to that with me for sure. Like I, now all the energy goes into developing other human beings and embracing these concepts. So uh, Kirk, and you, said, you said it perfectly earlier, just a moment ago. How many meetings did we have this week at ACT that were tens? Three. And how many of them did you run? Zero. So see, that that speaks to the amazing job that you've done 
to really empower the rest of your team, right? And and the leaders on your team. Yeah. Well, if I ran meetings, like even now, I they'd be they be low scores. Like <laughs> that's okay. And, that's okay to say. And See, it goes and, back. And, well, well, look, you're being vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. Like so. So back to what you said. Like I'm an eye on the disc profile, the highest eye you can possibly have. I am. I'm as not messy. sure. Is your is your dot even on the map? No, it's not. It's not. I'm as messy as it gets. You say one sentence, you're going to distract me. Uh, you should see my office right now. I got stuff all over the floor. I am the last person <laughs> on the mind. planet that should ever run a meeting. Should ever. So number one, I don't want to run those meetings. And if you're listening, you're your dentist. You don't want to run these meetings. There's nothing better than showing up as a dentist or as a leader and go, hey, guys, what do we got today? And watching an amazing group of people that you've grown to be leaders tell you what to do and tell you where we're going. And it all fits with your value system and your targets for the next year and the year after. That's when this becomes fun, my friends. That's so, when it's magical. Magical. So, uh, you know, and uh, we never get there. We're always climbing. So Heather, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Any last thoughts you have on this concept? I love this concept that again, it's a deep one and we'll probably do another version of this in a year when we've learned a little bit more about this journey. But what, uh, what last thoughts you have on this? I would say, you know, get over yourself and be first, go first, be vulnerable with your team, right? Find that, find that level, that in-between area of where you need to be vulnerable and where you need to be confident. And if you need help with that, listen, here at ACT, we, we help to curate those leaders and these practice owners. It's one, of, it's one of my favorite things to do with the teams that I have the wonderful um, opportunity to coach. So reach out to us if you need help with it. Um, you, you've got this and just know that your team, as long as you have the right people in the right seats, they've got your back and they will help you along the way. 100%. And you as a dentist, you pick the greatest profession ever, but it's a lonely profession if you run it by yourself. And you're talking to yourself a lot, which is a bad person to be talking to. Talk to somebody else who's an experienced climber, who's been here before and say, okay, we're going to get you out of this mess. We're just going to do a few things and things get better. That's why you hire a personal trainer. That's why you hire an expert contractor. They say, I do this kind of stuff. That's why you don't do your own dentistry. You go to another dentist who's really good at this. You don't do your own surgery, do you? Why would you try to fix your own practice? Well, you could try, but that's going to, it's going to take a lot of time. So hope you guys enjoyed today and uh, we wish you the very best. And as always, like, I hope you're picking up a little bit of this that you can apply in your practice, in your life. Uh, and if you struggle, feel free to reach out. Make sure you join us in any future workshops we have. We've got the To the Top workshop. we got some really cool stuff coming up in the next couple months. Keep sending us suggestions for the things you guys want to see on the podcast, you're going to see we've got weeks and weeks lined up with some of the greatest leaders, coaches, uh, speakers in all of dentistry. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information, 
so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.